This is episode 39 of Everyday Wellness, Practical Biohacks for Peak Performance with Ben Angel. I'm Dr. Kelly Donahue, clinical health psychologist and mind body coach, here with my co-host, Cynthia Thurlow, nurse practitioner and functional nutritionist. Together, we have over 25 years of combined experience in wellness, nutrition, nursing, psychology, and coaching. Our goal at Everyday Wellness is to share easy strategies to help as many people as possible become healthier. You can help us in attaining this goal by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps our listeners see our podcast when they're searching on iTunes for a high quality health and wellness podcast. We are so grateful that you're here and for taking time to leave us a review. Now, let's get started. Welcome to Everyday Wellness. Wellness is the result of the decisions that you make every day. It's your mindset and the thoughts you believe. Wellness is the food you put in your body and the relationship you have with yourself and others. Wellness is your work and meaning. Join us on Everyday Wellness as we explore ways that you can choose wellness today. Hey, hey, today we have a extra special guest. We have Ben Angel, who is a best-selling author on peak performance and on a weekly VIP contributor to Entrepreneur Magazine. He's followed by over 300,000 internationally. He's helped entrepreneurs build strong and dynamic businesses through a unique combination of advanced peak performance strategies. Welcome, Ben. It's a pleasure to have you. I've been harassing you for months. I know. You've been very kind. <laughs> no, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Awesome. Ben, let's sort of start in the beginning. So can you tell us how you became interested in personal growth and how you ended up where you are today? Yeah, sure. So I actually grew up on a cattle farm in country South Australia. So I grew up very much in the culture of you push your way through, you apply a lot of willpower. If you have to work until 6am in the morning, you just do it, you mm-hmm. don't think about it. So from a very young age, I very much had that entrepreneurial mindset. Mm-hmm. So I can't even tell you how many different self-help books <laughs> I read, <laughs> like as a kind of a late teenager into my very early 20s. And then I studied life coaching, personal development, and investing in personal development um, company in Australia at the time. So it's always been one of those things that I've been interested in, which is kind of why this journey was so, I guess, confronting to me in a certain way, because it challenged a lot of the biases that I'd learned over the past 15 years. That's amazing. You know, the one thing I've found, you know, over the years of meeting many, many Aussies, um, is just how open minded you all are, you love to travel. And so, you know, explain to me, I know that you, you obviously originated in Australia, but how did you get to the States? How did how did that journey actually go about happening? Yeah, so I think with career opportunity, there's a lot more opportunities over here, especially Mm -hmm. for authors. So I'd wanted to make the move for a number of years. And it was trying to like I'd spent three months in the US traveling around traveling Mm -hmm. in Canada, just living out of hotels, and working in cafes. And I got back home to Australia. I'm like, I really want to live in the US now. But it was actually at that point when I started developing depression, suicidal thoughts, issues with gut health. 
and a whole host of symptoms that I simply couldn't solve. So it was interesting. Part of those issues prevented me from coming back sooner, but then it came to a point where it's just like, if I'm going to get this fixed, I actually need to be in the United States to do this. Interesting, interesting. And so, you know, you mentioned that you suffered from anxiety and depression. And, um, you know, one of the things that we found really interesting when we were doing a little bit of, you know, background research was that at age 34, you found yourself lying on the floor in exhaustion after giving a talk. And so can you tell us about the circumstances in your life about when that happened, you know, how you were eating, you know, what was your lifestyle like, and how might that have contributed to what was happening? Yeah, so I'd literally just gone back to the to Australia after the three month stay in the US. And it was in within the first two weeks, I started noticing that my behavior was changing. So the first thing that I noticed, which was completely out of character for me was that I was becoming aggressive. Mm -hmm. I was also, you know, very, very short tempered, I had extreme fatigue. So it wasn't the fatigue where you can just sleep it off and you feel a bit better, better later. It was the kind of fatigue where I was sleeping three to four times through the day to just make it through the day, which is absolutely no way to live. It was just this kind of internal torment consistently. And at the time, which I think many people will look at the symptoms I was experiencing, and they'll think, oh, you must have been eating badly. Mm-hmm. You must have been drinking too much alcohol. You might have been on a ton of different medications, like all of the typical things that we'd normally look at. The truth was none of that was actually the case. I was following a meal plan that was designed for me by a nutritionist, and I was following that to the T. I had a personal trainer twice a week. I was working out six days a week. I was doing mindfulness work, so I was still listening to podcasts, and I was still actively trying to heal myself, but I was applying... I was trying to medicate myself with Mm self-help instead of actually looking at the biological and physiological concerns that I was exhibiting. So for me, that was where it really didn't add up. And it certainly didn't add up for the doctors either because all of the test results kept coming back normal. But as I later discovered how those normal ranges are defined, really dictate whether that is a good sign for an individual Mm. or not. And I had a fascinating conversation with... um, the medical director of a company called Everly Well, who do mm-hmm. at-home lab tests. So you get the lab test sent to your home, you do the uh, blood pinprick test, sent it off, and it goes to the same labs to the doctors around the United States. And I started uncovering a few things, but one of them was, how is this normal range defined? And second of all, am I in the high or low end of this normal range? And I went to a functional doctor and he actually found that I was in the very low end for Mm -hmm. not just testosterone, but also vitamin D. Mm -hmm. But the doctors in Australia, and I'd seen multiple doctors over the course of four years, all you get is you're normal, you should be fine, which becomes very disheartening for an individual that is a peak performer to suddenly go, no, I'm not fine. Something's up here. I'm thinking differently to what I used to think, and I'm applying all the self-help strategies. They're not working. Why aren't they working? That must have been incredibly frustrating, to say the least. I mean, you're you're doing all the right things. You know about coaching yourself and positive self-talk and all of that, and you're being faced with 
your finds from the medical community. So I know you mentioned that you found a functional medicine doctor, but um, can you just dig in and tell us a little bit more about that journey? Because I know a lot of clients come to us mm-hmm. with kind of a laundry list of symptoms or potential diagnoses, but yet the fixes aren't fixing them. No, and that's, that's part of the issue I think we have is that the self-help industry and the medical profession are well-intentioned. They're well-intentioned, so, you know, I'm not here to bash any of those. The problem we have is some of the medical professionals aren't necessarily, I guess, putting the information that they're collecting from the lab results into context for that specific individual, Mm -hmm. and that's also based on age, gender, ethnicity. And in fact, when I asked the medical director, I said, okay, so how are these ranges actually defined for a healthy individual? And she said, well, the standard medical guinea pig is a 70 kilogram white 30 year old male. Yes. (laughs) Now, let's look at our population. That is not a high percentage of our population, Mm -hmm. especially when you factor in obesity as well as ethnicity and specifically gender. Now, thankfully, that is beginning to change. But for someone who is still, especially for men, and I know, Cynthia, you talk so much about hormones, which is incredible. (laughs) I love it because it's not spoken about enough. Mm -hmm. But for me, they were telling me, well, first of all, the doctor in Australia declined to give me a testosterone test. And this was even after my naturopath had actually asked me to go to the doctor to get it done. Mm -hmm. Completely Mm -hmm. dismissed it. And it was after that particular encounter that I actually walked out of the practitioner's office in tears because here I am going, I'm actively trying to help myself. I'm being dismissed. We should be able to rule out anything and everything And that means that the medical practitioner or whoever it is needs to also have an open mind to work through all of these issues. So this journey in not just finding out what the root causes were, but also writing the book was one of the most challenging things I've ever done and most likely will ever do in my life. You probably feel like you birthed a child. <laughs> I <laughs> Maybe did. Maybe a couple. In, in all honesty. <laughs> in all honesty. But, but I think you bring up a really excellent point. I mean, I'm Western medicine trained and I'm functionally trained. And the concept of bioindividuality is one that we can't overlook. And so that's a lot of what you're speaking about. The things that make us unique. The things that contribute to how our body works efficiently or not. Um, and those ranges that you reference, and this makes me laugh because I used to be that person that would look at those range, you know, a, a traditional Western medicine range. Well, you're within range, and how many lost opportunities we probably had with patients, but recognizing that as bio individuals, we have to look at each person as an individual, and that's, you know, that I think that's changing. I do believe that there is this evolution or revolution, if you will, that is making many healthcare providers starting to second guess and look a little bit differently. But you're right, the open mindedness of the practitioner is absolutely paramount. The ability to self evolve as a practitioner or provider is really, really crucial. But I'm so grateful that you got some of the answers that you deserve to have ultimately. Yeah, thank you. And I think when we look at peak performance as a whole, we need to look at our biases on how each methodology treats it. So how does a doctor treat it? Do they actually treat the cause or are they just treating the symptom itself? Mm-hmm. 
the self-help industry kind of looks at peak performance and they look at the psychology around peak performance, but they never look at the underlying biochemistry that supports that peak performing psychology. Because as you'll both know, if you were to deplete someone of vitamin D or magnesium, they're most likely going to become depressed or Mm -hmm. suicidal. At some point, we've all been sold a big fat lie. It's called the protein misconception. So starting in the 1980s, we all believed that more protein equated to more muscle growth. And I'm here to tell you it's a big misconception. This has a great deal to do that our body can only absorb protein that's broken down into smaller building blocks called amino acids. It doesn't matter if you're consuming 30 grams of protein or 300 grams of protein. If you don't have a sufficient supply of enzymes to digest the protein, your muscles will ultimately be unable to use these as vital building blocks. That's why it's crucial you take a high-quality digestive enzyme. The one I trust and use myself is called Masszymes by Bioptimizers. Masszymes is a full-spectrum enzyme formula with more protease than any other commercially available product. With five different forms of protease. Plus, it contains all the other key enzymes you need for optimal digestion. If you're experiencing bloating, gas, or digestive distress, a contributing factor can be that your body is no longer producing as much digestive enzymes. And you can try Masszymes today risk free. They have a 365 day full money back guarantee and is the gold standard in the industry. Go to biooptimizers.com slash Cynthia. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com slash Cynthia and use promo code Cynthia10 for 10% off of any order. Again, that's promo code Cynthia10 for 10% off any order. Today's podcast is sponsored by NutriSense. It combines cutting edge technology and human expertise so you can see how your body responds to different types of nutrition, stress, exercise, sleep, and where you are in your menstrual cycle in real time. And by pairing a continuous glucose monitor with their app and expert nutritional guidance, NutriSense can help you reach your health goals. And the best part is it's not just a program where they send you the CGM and you have to figure it out on your own. Each subscription plan includes one month of free expert nutritionist support. Your nutritionist will work with you one-on-one interpreting your data and providing customized advice to help you reach your health goals. The last time I had my CGM on, my registered dietitian and I troubleshooted over some specific concerns that I had. And whether you're aiming to lose weight, stabilize your energy, or just feel better overall, NutriSense offers the guidance and support you need. And lasting sustainable change takes time and can be achieved through a longer term subscription. That's why I encourage my patients and clients to consider three, six, or 12-month subscriptions where it's actually less expensive and allows you to not only achieve your goals, but also to ensure that you stick to your healthy lifestyle for the long term. As I've mentioned before, I have found the CGMs I've used through NutriSense to be incredibly insightful, specifically to carbohydrate tolerance. I would not have known that plantains spiked my blood sugar without this information. It's also been hugely helpful for tailoring to workouts and sleep quality. And so for me, Even though I am metabolically healthy, I find the insights to be particularly helpful to tailor my lifestyle changes to my blood sugar. Visit NutriSense.io slash EWP and use the code EWP. 
WP for $30 off plus one month of free nutritionist support. Be sure to let them know you're a listener of the Everyday Wellness Podcast when they ask you how you heard about them. This is one of my favorite ways to take care of my health and one of my top recommendations for all of my patients and clients. Um, even with magnesium and nutritional deficiency, that that can also result in a sense of apathy, so simply not caring. Mm-hmm. So we have a well, well-intentioned, well-meaning self-help industry that I've been a part of for the last 15 years that is trying to medicate these issues with self-help where the advice is kind of bad at best but dangerous at worst and in my situation because i'd kind of grown up in this industry to a large degree it was detrimental to me getting the care that i needed sooner and i think one of the big questions that we should be asking ourselves is when we do look at peak performance have we taken blood tests on these individuals what are, what's their nutrition like? We know that nutritional deficiencies mimic psychological disorders, mm-hmm. but the first kind of place we go is that person's weak-minded, they're lazy. They just need to get off of their ass and do it, which is obviously growing up on a farm, the kind of culture that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. But that's simply not the case, especially when you speak about bio-individuality and how individuals are responding on an individual basis, not just to food, but also medications and side effects from medications. I think you make it clear that we definitely need an interaction with practitioners, but ultimately we are the ones who are responsible for finding out what's going on with us Mm -hmm. and really being our own best advocate, which kind of leads us to your new book, Unstoppable, A 90-Day Plan to Biohack Your Mind and Body for Success. Um, Can you start by defining what a biohack is, please? Yeah, sure. So biohacking is the practice of controlling uh, internal and uh, external environments for peak performance. So that may consist of taking lab tests, so looking at you know your lab panels, are there thyroid issues? Are there issues with hormones? Um, are there any sensitive sensitivities to food? Now, food sensitivities was a topic that I explore in great detail in the book, and this was one that actually really shocked me. When I was at my worst, I started suspecting that caffeine was in fact one of the triggers. So I started taking that out of my diet and seeing how I responded. And I would get better to a degree. It wasn't the only underlying cause. But then I came across this story by a woman named Ruth Wallen here in the US. She'd actually been admitted um, because she was exhibiting bipolar disorder as well as split personalities. Now, a doctor luckily came along and realized that she was highly sensitive to caffeine, Hmm. which is just, I think, is just an insane story. And it just goes to show how much our food and the bio-individuality actually impacts us. So for me, some of my triggers in relation to food, they're certainly not the only triggers, but caffeine as well as coconut. I was eating the cleanest diet plan you could ever imagine. The the individual had suggested introducing coconut oil to my diet, which is a massive craze right now. Mm-hmm. Turns out I'm highly sensitive to coconut. <laughs> mm. So if I have coconut and I did the food sensitivity test, took it out of my diet for a month and then accidentally had it in Vancouver in a Thai curry, I felt depressed 
I felt angry and I was fatigued for at least seven days after I'd consumed it. Wow, that's incredible. So it really goes to show that you know, our biochemistry is as unique as a fingerprint. So we've got to stop making these generalizations that you, people just need to quit making excuses and we need to dive deeper into what are the underlying triggers that are altering our behavior out of conscious thought. It's interesting that you say that because a lot of the work that I do with women is doing food eliminations that are personalized and I always remind them before they do the testing, I said, just recognize things that you like to eat a lot. Yes. There will be several that will be part of the elimination. And some people are, are like a duck to water. They just, they're, they're the upholders of the world. I would be one of them. You remove it from your diet, you feel better instantly. And then I have several that will really struggle with that. And you start to think about you know, not only the inflammation that it's creating, but how it impacts their gut flora, how it impacts their neurotransmitter production. I mean, all of these things that, you know, we kind of take for granted in Western medicine, but really can be problematic. Kelly, do you see that with a lot of your clients as well? I do. I do. I I really resonated with what but Ben, you were saying about the nutrient deficiencies, mm-hmm. um, it, especially magnesium, that's mm-hmm. so huge. And, you know, it just goes back to looking at the interaction between our environment and us as individuals and what's going on in our soils and how that's affecting the mineral and vitamin contents of the foods that we're eating. So we have the the sensitivity piece where we could be eating amazingly foods that we're sensitive to, but we also have the actual nutrient content piece. I mean, Ben, you were eating, sounds like a stellar diet and still not able to really extract all of the vitamins and minerals you needed from those foods. And and yeah, that's that's one of the things I also looked at was how is also climate change impacting our food supply? And there was a fascinating study I came across that we did. We didn't end up putting it in the book, but they're actually looking at how the increase of carbon dioxide can actually cause plants to grow larger, also faster. But what they found is the nutrient content through that, I guess, extreme growth process declines rapidly. So we have we have all of these issues, not just side effects from medications, but I think as a human race, we need to seriously take some note of our food supply, as you quite rightly put, Kelly, that someone someone can be eating the most amazing diet but mm-hmm. still be nutritionally deficient. I mean, vitamin D, I'd been living in Florida for over six months and I was vitamin D deficient. We spent a lot of our time by the swimming pool or out walking to a cafe to go work and I was still deficient. Now, a huge percentage of the population has shown that there's vitamin D deficiency. So we tend to look at a lot of these psychological disorders, but we don't go back to some of the basics and connect the two together. Absolutely. I think the only reason I was able to get my outcomes through this project was because I did do it all in 90 days. If I'd done it over the course of years... I never would have made the connections between the medication, my gut health, testosterone, a variety of factors. I never would have connected the dots in a million years. That's really incredible. You know, the irony is that the cofactors that you need to make vitamin D, which is a hormone, are really necessary. And so what I see 
when I have new clients come on boarding and they'll say, oh, I'm vitamin D deficient. I said, everyone is. And they're on (laughs) vitamin D, but they don't also take cofactors. So we know you need vitamin A, you need K2, you need magnesium, you need all of those minerals uh, to be able to actually properly make um, and, and be able to to make the hormone of vitamin D. So I don't think a lot of people realize that. The irony is we were having a discussion last night about magnesium. And I said, anyone who's stressed needs more magnesium. And so I was trying to explain to my clients why that was so necessary. And I said, you know, you, you burn through more minerals when you're stressed. So, you know, that's, that's another good point. But magnesium is, is oftentimes overlooked and underappreciated, in my humble opinion. <laughs> mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. Magnesium has become a staple part. And I did find that when I was at my worst, I had a nutritionist, sorry, a naturopath who helped me greatly with a magnesium supplement, which I'd feel amazing for a while. But obviously, there were all of these other underlying factors. So it would help for a brief period of time. But through these experiments, I've really come to realize that we all default back to our biochemical set point. Mm -hmm. And if that biochemical set point means that you're nutritionally deficient, your gut flora is imbalanced, your hormones are out of whack, and you're potentially taking medications that cause side effects, including a very specific one, which is suicidal thoughts. I Mm -hmm. mean, I don't think we kind of really understand how crucial it is to really see the side effects from the medications we're taking. I'm not saying to individuals by any means stop taking medications. That needs to be done with a health practitioner. In fact, all of this needs to be done through the advice of a good functional doctor, I personally Mm -hmm. believe. Um, But it is important that we stop and we think about it and we look at the side effects and go, actually, is it my mental attitude here or is it actually a side effect from low magnesium, vitamin D Mm -hmm. or the medication that we're taking? Yeah. Well, let's move back for a second and talk about stress. So we mentioned the role of stress in depleting vitamins and minerals. And in our world today, there's no shortage of stress for a variety (laughs) of reasons. Um, Could you talk about your specific advice on dealing with and, and even thriving in stressful situations? Yeah, so I think we need to look at kind of a couple of different types of individuals. So I look at an individual now kind of as having a battery. So like your mobile phone, it might be fully 100% charged, 50% charged, or completely depleted. The question is, how do we recharge this battery during the course of the day and throughout our lifetimes? So if someone's like 50% and below, which... I kind of say the standard for peak performance, the bare minimum requirement would be a 50% threshold, energetically wise, to at least be able to perform. But if we go below this 50% threshold, we dip into what I call self-preservation mode, where our primal brain is recognizing that we're nutritionally deficient, we're stressed out, so it starts to take control of the situation and says, hell no, you're not going to work on that goal. (laughs) You're not going to go for that job interview. You're not going to start that new business. You're not going to go out and have fun. You're nutritionally deficient right now. You actually need to get your ass on the couch and recover. And the, the interesting thing here is that 
when we kind of hit self-preservation mode, we lose our mental cognition. We're no longer in our rational mind where we can rationalize things. So when it comes specifically to stress, first of all, we have to recognize, have we kind of switched off our impulse control? And if we have switched off our impulse control, how do we regain that back again? So that could be, I guess, through psychological means. Can we remove the stressor from our environment? But the other factors are... and. I have kind of flipped on this completely. In the self-help world, I would have said for someone who was below the 50% threshold, meditate, mindfulness work, read books, like reprogram your mind. The reality is, is that advice is absolutely useless when someone is in self-preservation mode because they don't have access to their cognitive function. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of gone the other side and looked at, well... There are supplements such as ashwagandha, which is an mm-hmm. incredible one, which has yeah, been shown to reduce cortisol, I believe it's by over 20%, actually closer to 30%, I think, one mm-hmm. of the studies I read. So for me, when I know I'm starting to get stressed out, I'll up the ashwagandha, I will take it at least one to two hours prior to bed to try and reduce my cortisol levels as much as possible before I even go to sleep. And there are other things such as nootropics that people should really take a look at, especially when you're deficient. Because you don't have access to your mental cognition, if you're going to solve this problem, you have to get out of self-preservation mode somehow. And speaking to company owners from the nootropics companies, they also use supplements such as L-tyrosine to kind of help get that mental cognition back. It gives them a few extra hours per day to kind of work on solving the problem. Then they can get to the root cause. So I think for many of us, it's really quite unfair to say to an individual who's kind of stressed out, you know, stop being stressed out, stop making excuses. And I have a great deal of more empathy for those individuals. We should be looking at every single aspect of their health, not just their psychology, but what is what is influencing their psychology. I think that's a great point. You know, interestingly enough, I love the adaptogenic herbs. So ashwagandha is one that I recommend with some frequency. Do you have any um, experience with phosphorylsterine? And I'm speaking specifically about Serifos, which is what I think is probably one of my favorite supplements to suggest and I myself take, but that also helps blunt cortisol um, and helps with fatty acid synthesis in the brain and and has some good study data. But I was curious if that was something that you came across in your research. That isn't one I came across, but I'm going to be looking it up after this. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the adaptogens are fantastic, but I, I think it's really nice when Um, people have the opportunity to utilize a supplement or an herb or something that's naturally occurring when they're recognizing that they're in this kind of base survival mode, that they really need to adapt some things that um, will help their body kind of recover or get out of this more stressful moment that they're experiencing. It's certainly really important. Do you find yourself struggling to get a good night's sleep? If so, you may be dealing with a hidden mineral deficiency. It is not at all uncommon in perimenopause and menopause to deal with sleep 
challenges. And we know that one of many contributory reasons for poor sleep can be a reduction in specific minerals that help regulate sleep quality, including magnesium, which is involved in GABA, which is our body's main calming neurotransmitter. We also know that we need potassium to create melatonin. And this is a hormone that is a master antioxidant, but is also utilized to help induce sleep We also think about things like zinc, which can balance excitatory neurotransmitters like glutamate. And if it's overactive, meaning if your glutamate levels are too high, it can prevent your brain from becoming more relaxed and inducing sleep. And lastly, selenium increases both our deep sleep and sleep duration. All these minerals matter a lot for sleep and any imbalances or deficits can have a major impact on the quality of sleep you get each night. And that's why I love Beam Minerals. They offer a full spectrum mineral supplement that gives you every essential mineral your body needs in the right doses, all in a highly absorbable liquid form. All you do is take a shot of bean minerals about an hour before bed. Don't worry, it tastes like water. And you'll replenish all of your body's minerals in about 30 seconds and give your brain what it needs for deep restorative sleep. I've been using this product over the last several months. I've really been impressed with the improvement in my sleep metrics, which I like to share on social media with my followers. And if you want a simple way to improve your sleep, head over to www.bminerals.com and use code Cynthia for 20% off your first order. That's www.bminerals.com and use code Cynthia for 20% off your first order. Mighty Maca is a superfood drink mix full of 30 plus natural ingredients, and it was formulated by Dr. Anna Kabeca during her healing journey. Mighty Maca Plus ingredients, which include nourishing ingredients like organic maca powder, turmeric, quercetin, broccoli, parsley, trans resveratrol, pomegranate extract, and more, were carefully selected for immune support to sustain energy, provide mental clarity, and improve recovery. It also tastes delicious. It supports healthy detoxification and alkalinity in the body, balances hormones, fights free radicals, and neutralizes lactic acid, all while increasing your energy and vitality. It helps improve your digestion and reignites your libido. It's a powerful superfood drink mix that needs to be part of your daily routine. And Dr. Anna is offering my listeners 10% off your first purchase by using the link DrAnna.com slash Cynthia. That's 10% off your first per that's 10% off your first purchase by using the link DrAnna.com slash Cynthia. It's delicious and nutritious. Because I mean if we look at peak performance, you can't you can't have a high level of psychological output without a high biological price being paid, as you put earlier. Mm-hmm. So if people are wanting to push themselves, then they have to factor in, have I just hit self-preservation mode? Could I take some tyrosine that could help me get out of it to at least solve the problem? Um, It is important to note that our bodies adapt to the adaptogens. So Mm -hmm. you may take L-tyrosine for a little while. The effects may start to wear off after a month. So you may need to give yourself a bit of a break. So in the case, if we look at medicine covering up symptoms or Mm -hmm. treating symptoms, not causes, L-tyrosine could potentially do the same. However, it's certainly, a, I believe, a healthier option in some circumstances 
to help push people over that 50% threshold. It's amazing. And so we're kind of talking about the mind-body connection here and using the power of the body and neurotropics and other things to heal the body with the recognition from the mind that we need to do something different than what we're doing now. Can you give us your favorite tips for harnessing the power of the mind-body connection with the focus on kind of optimizing health for peak performance? Yeah, sure. So I think the fundamentals, especially for someone who's struggling, are to check out L-tyrosine, ashwagandha, reduce your cortisol levels as much as possible, get that mental cognition back so you can start troubleshooting the other issues. Um, Once you're kind of in that position, that is where you do need to seek out medical assistance. Um, I think, you know, it can't be understated how important it is to work with a functional practitioner or some kind of doctor where you can actually get your lab results done to validate how you're feeling. And I think that was one of the keys through this is it is such a huge relief to validate, hey, I'm not just crazy. (laughs) I'm not just (laughs) lazy. I'm not just weak-minded. Like I've never been this person before. To actually back it up with science and go, all right, this actually explains why so i think they're the initial steps an individual should take once they're kind of above the 50 percent threshold and they're getting their cognitive abilities back i certainly recommend daily guided meditations uh, using nlp or even tapping um, there was one wearable device that i experimented with in the book called touch points So these are based on just one of the most incredible treatments for PTSD sufferers. So they look like a pair of watches. You have one on either wrist and they vibrate like a mobile phone, but it's bilateral stimulation. Mm -hmm. So they vibrate between one another. You can speed it up or slow it down. So what happens when you actually do this is you calm your fight or flight response so you can get back into your rational mind. Because what I've found is kind of the body-mind connection through this entire project, everything is focused around getting us back into our rational mind. And if you're nutritionally deficient, you certainly, you'll have access to it, but it won't necessarily be for long periods of time in which you can rationally think out and solve a problem. So I did look at these wearable devices, and in fact, we trialed them on a woman with thalassophobia which is a phobia of deep water. Mm-hmm. And we have an incredible video up on my YouTube channel for people to watch where we actually put the devices on her. She looked at pictures on a laptop mm-hmm. for about 40 minutes to desensitize her to the imagery. After about 40 minutes, she picked up the laptop and one of the triggers for her was the Jaws movie poster, <laughs> so, which I know is a trigger for a lot of people. Yes, she she sure. stood up out of her chair because initially when we began the session, her anxiety and fear was 10 out of 10. And I said repeatedly, do you want to stop? And she's like, no, I've had this for 40 years. We're going to do this. But at the end of it, she picked up her laptop and she started looking at the details in the girl's bra on the movie poster, (laughs) which I don't think any of us have really looked at. (laughs) And all of a sudden, she just saw an image. It was just a picture. 
And we eventually, a week later, she came back to me and she said, Ben, I gave up a job years ago working at the docks in Tampa Bay because it was close to the water. Mm-hmm. So we actually took her down there with the touch points on. We also applied some pattern interrupts, getting her to hum a funny song when her anxiety levels went up mm-hmm. and just edge closer and closer and closer to the ship. And at one point she's like, I don't want to be this person anymore. And I said to her, I'm like, Trish, do you realize where you're standing? You're not this person anymore. And she burst out in laughter. And five minutes later, she went down closer to one of the ships and actually touched it. Wow. It's all like it just makes me want to cry because this had ruled her life for 40 years. But it's also important to understand that she was above the 50% threshold, so a mm-hmm. healthy individual. So mm-hmm. obviously that's a psychological trigger for her. Bi- biochemically, it wasn't an issue. She was sound. Yeah. But if someone is nutritionally deficient and it's mimicking these psychological disorders, if you were to try and do that treatment, it would potentially create harmful negative effects. And Kelly, you can probably talk more about this. Uh, But the issue, I think, sometimes with talk therapy is an individual can relive those traumatic experiences and kind of bring them back all of a sudden to re-traumatize them. So a device such as the touch points is actually used in therapy sessions now. They're working with psychologists and different individuals in the therapy sessions to actually look at what is the state of the mind when the individual walks in, put the touch points in their hand, get them in their rational mind before they actually talk about these traumatic experiences. How yeah. profoundly powerful. I mean, I, I'm I'm not a, a mental health expert, but uh, Kelly, are you using any of those technologies with your clients or have you read about them? I know that you're very research-based, so... Yeah, and I think, you know, that so that bilateral stimulation mm-hmm. is sort of the foundation for some of the more traditional therapies such as EMDR and mm-hmm. accelerated yes. resolution therapy. But I totally agree with you about kind of having the person have a nutritionally and biochemically sound state before they begin it. I think that oftentimes, and I love that you shed a light on this, people can feel such shame and guilt if they can't get themselves to above that 50%. And because they're efforting to do it with their mind, and if we don't have those foundations met, we can't really use those therapies as effectively. And I agree, they, you know, they do have the potential to bring up some of these past memories and have them be more triggering if they aren't in a place biochemically, nutritionally, emotionally, where they're ready to handle it. Yeah, and I think it's important for people to take away from this conversation is you can't outthink bad biochemistry. <laughs> like, you may get better, but will you get well? Mm-hmm. And I was desperately trying to outthink it using all the traditional peak performance strategies. Like, I'm a big you know, advocate for NLP, neurolinguistic programming. The issue was the biochemical state I was in when I was applying it. So I might feel great for the rest of the day, but you once again always default back to that biochemical set point. So it's like 10 steps forward, 12 back, back in yeah. some cases. Because it's kind of like the 12 steps back because you're getting further and further depleted because you're having to employ even more psychological and more willpower to push through. So if people think of it like you're trying to go 100 miles per hour, you've got the foot to the accelerator, 
but all of a sudden someone slams on the handbrake on the car, you've still got that foot to the accelerator, but you have to exert even more energy just to maintain that speed and momentum. But after a period of time, we all know that willpower runs out. It's a great short-term strategy for when you need a deadline, but it is detrimental to our health, especially from a psychological and a stress standpoint on the body. Yes. Oh, that makes sense because you can only sustain that that stressor for so long before it enacts, you know, significant, you know, damaging, you know, repercussions on your body if you're not taking the steps to ameliorate it for sure. Exactly. And I use that same metaphor with negative and self-critical talk that people tend to think that that's what they need to do to motivate themselves, to get themselves moving. And I tell them that that might work in a sprint situation where they need yes. to accomplish something, but it's not the good strategy that's going to have them complete the marathon. Yeah, and I think it's very much damaging over the long term. So for four years, I tried to fix this situation with willpower. And it did get to the point where I was having suicidal thoughts. So I hope that people who are listening to this understand it's it's not you. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're not lazy. If you're making excuses, you know, take another look at excuses. And through the project, because I was trying to get better, I thought, well, I need to ask different questions because I'm not getting the results that I need. And one of the questions I asked was, are my excuses the cause of an inaction or actually just a symptom? And looking at through the nutritional research like vitamin D, magnesium, uh, gut health, the gut-brain connection as well, I kind of realized that all of this stuff is putting me into that self-preservation mode where I'm going into fight or flight and I'm becoming reactive. So it's not just the mindset and I think a lot of people are really working backwards, especially for depressed individuals that my heart goes out to going through this journey myself, understanding that you can't just fix it with mindset alone. Like you have to cover all of the bases. And the challenge with this is that if you are depressed, it's even harder because you do have to push through with willpower just to kind of function normally. That's why I think steps such as L-tyrosine or other nootropics can kind of get them off the starting block and give them enough energy to go seek out the right help from the right medical professions. That's amazing. Well, Ben, I want to be respectful of your time, but I would love if you could share with our listeners um, two things that they can do to improve their wellness every day. Sure. So <laughs> there's there's a lot. <laughs> All right. How do I define this? Um, the first one, I would always say start with your gut. The plethora of research that's coming out right now through the gut-brain connection, mm-hmm. it's, the research is coming out almost daily at the moment. It's incredible. But if your gut is out of whack, that obviously impacts the nutrient absorption, hormones, your mental health, Mm-hmm. everything else. So if your gut is out of whack, you're bloated, you're having digestive issues, then work through the diet. Uh, the second thing, if someone is in a de- depleted state, they feel exhausted, please go to a medical professional, get your lab test done, but always, always ask, am I at the high end or the low end of the normal range? Mm-hmm. I think it's critical. I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a nutritionist. I relied on the experts for this, the neuroscientists, the doctors, the psychologists, Mm -hmm. 
And then we had three different fact checkers go through the book. And then we sent it out to doctors, psychologists and medical professions. Wow. So we went through an extraordinary amount of, I guess, critique to make sure that we're providing the right advice. But we're also always end on the note. You need to get that support. You can't go it alone if you're in that state. So true. Such sage wisdom. And I know it was uh, difficult to boil down all of your tips into those two, but we appreciate it. I think everyone's always humored with our question because most people are like, just two? Yes, just two. two. I could give you 50, but they're the basics. That's definitely where I recommend people get started. Just validate it through scientific means. I love it. Ben, can you tell people where they can learn more about you? Yeah, sure. So if they head to areyounstoppable.com, so that's areyounstoppable.com, we've actually created a 30-part questionnaire which will give them a readiness score on whether they should push themselves or back off. So this is based on not just their biochemistry, their psychology, but also gut health. Um, So we've spent a lot of time talking with the experts. So that'll give them an indication of where they're currently at, as well as provide some immediate recommendations on what they should do next to improve their health. Love it. Well, thank you so much for being here. It's such a pleasure. And for anyone that's listening, Ben has a very active Facebook group. I enjoy, you know, the really high quality content you have in there, Ben, and and learning. And and I did have an opportunity to read your book before it came out. Uh, It was so thoroughly impressed. That's why I have been diligently harassing you on a monthly (laughs) basis uh, to get you on the podcast. So thank you again for coming on. Thank you so much. Uh, Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find out more about Cynthia and her work at chtwellness.com. And you can find out more about Kelly and her work at everydaytherapist.com. In addition, if you have questions for us or topics you'd like us to address, please email us at everydaywellnesspodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, be well. Just as you carefully choose the cut of meat or freshness of produce that you cook at home, you should carefully choose chemical-free cookware that provides a healthy and safe cooking experience. The materials in 360 cookware are safe, sustainable, and of the highest quality. Their cookware is 100% free from any toxic chemicals as the company produces quality stainless steel cookware and bakeware without added chemicals, and all are manufactured in the United States. It's also the leading manufacturer that equips kitchens with cookware and bakeware that are free of all of the toxic chemicals and coatings, including PFAS, Teflon, and ceramic. And the best thing is that when used properly, the product's construction provides nonstick properties in a product that can be passed down through generations. Go to www.360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. Again, that's 360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. We've been using their products over the last several months and have really been pleased with not only the durability, but ease of cleanliness.